podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to a Jamie Coburnless episode of the Misery Hunters podcast. I am Mark Jarden. I am hosting. I am the captain now. And joining me this week, we have Sam Smith. Very good evening to you. And Andrew Christie. Hello. Quite a, a, a sombre day. Yeah. yeah, it certainly has been a day. Quite a sombre podcast, but we're here to talk about the football. The football and nothing but the football and nothing else because nothing else has happened. That's what we're going to talk about. So anyway, here we go. It's a truly sad day because we get pumped, you know, by St Johnston at the weekend. So uh, no, normal service uh, uh, Let's talk about that. Sam, do you want to, do you want to take us away? Aye, I, I watched the I watched the full game back on on Sunday night. It was so uh, I must have only managed to get the second half of the game because I was out on Saturday, but. Aye, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great result. Let's kind of, kind of really sugarcoat it. But still, even after watching it back, I don't think there was much between the two teams. St. Johnson were just far more clinical on the day. Were a bit more inventive, from about the box, and and ultimately took their chances. Uh, I think obviously the third goal kind of flatters them a wee bit. I don't think it was, I don't think it was a three 0 game. But at the end of the day, we were flinging bodies up apart. And, McLennan caught out things up done pretty well to win the penalty. But aye, uh, a disappointing day all round and one that we really should have been looking to to take at least a point from before the game. And I would have probably took at least a point before the game. But aye, still with the good start to the season, so hopefully it doesn't derail us too much. But there's there's plenty to pick out and speak about for, for that performance, unfortunately. I think it was it was just a game kind of characterised by Poor individual performances on our part, and Jason Johnson being more more organised and more kind of able to execute their game plan. I don't think, like like Sam said, it wasn't. Despite the scoreline, I don't think we got battered. I just think they took their chances when we got them, and the chances we did create, we just couldn't couldn't finish them. And um, it's not not really one to kind of lose the head over. I think, I think it's a blip, and I think. Uh, you know, I think it was yeah, just a bad day at the office. But yeah, some of the some of the individual errors and mistakes and the, the goals we gave away were just criminal, to be honest. Yeah, I think there's taking it from the start, there's there's no complaints from me for sticking with the same the same lineup. I think, you know, I think being being loyal to the guys that have, have delivered, you know, three three weekends in a row before this, that that's not a, an issue, although if you if you wanted to use hindsight on it, we were always going to have to play a slightly different game at McDermott Park. We weren't going to be able to to dictate, you know, how much possession we had and and what we did with it. So maybe there's an argument there that we could have been a bit more flexible. But I'm certainly not going to moan that you know that Richard Tate started on the left that we kept Maine and a young guy. And I just think it was a a bad day at the office. I think as well. I think St Johnston kind of do deserve a bit of credit for I think they'd sort of identified Ryan Strain as being where most of our attacking play came from the past few weeks and every time Strain was in the ball we'd have 
Montgomery and one other, just in his face, he wasn't able to affect the game at all. I think he was hooked after about an hour or so. And I, I think Henderson at wing back as well, it's it's kind of a rough one because it's obviously not his kind of favourite position and it's kind of hung out to dry a little bit. But I just, it was a, just a poor day, to be honest. Um, but like you say, the, the run we'd been on, I don't see any other way other than starting with the same team we had. So there was no real complaints from me seeing the this lineup on Saturday, but aye. I think if we'd shifted to you know to a back four again and played, you know, the, the you know the, the Robinson four three three purely because we thought we were gonna have more of the ball and, and then we get picked apart, I think everyone's then losing their minds that, that Robinson's <clears throat> changed the winning team. I I don't think that there's necessarily a, a right or a wrong answer before the before the start of the game, and, and I think Robinson's comments after the game, you know, sum it up quite, quite neatly. To be honest, we have two chances we should score, and we don't. They've got two chances, and they put them away. And then you, there's, you know, there's a penalty on it. Once we're chasing it at the end, it's it's not a game, you know, such as the the game at Tannadice where, for all, Dundee United had all the ball. We restricted them to to pretty much nothing, and we're by far the the better team. We we left, we left Dundee with three well earned, well earned points. This one, it, yeah. This one, you know, St. Johnston deserved the win. No one, no one's taking that <clears> away from us. But it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a pumping. It wasn't. I think we are. I've, you can still handily say we are probably the stronger, the stronger team off the back of it. I, I, I've seen us play. I think Robinson hit the nail on the head. We'll play far worse this season. Probably still coming maybe three points in mm-hmm. some games against some teams. So. Aye. On, a, on another day, the two chances it hit the post in the bar go in. I think it was Tanzer hit the bar and you can get hit the post. Yeah, Missed another couple of half chances as well. We had poor decisions and kind of one-on-one sort of stuff, as Robinson said as well. But aye, I'm, I'm not overly worried about it. Thank you for... Oh, sorry, Andrew. I was just going to say, I think in the league, I think we'd maybe in other episodes identified St. George and as being the team that they're going to be the closest to a team that kind of sits back, like like the struggles we had in the League Cup where we had more of the obsession and just weren't able to break a team down. You know, we're not going to come across a lot of teams like that in the league. So I kind of tweeted something similar, but I'm almost more confident playing against the likes of Hearts or, I mean, obviously not Celtic because that would be a hammering, but like teams where we're expected to sit off and play a counter-attacking game, I just think we've not quite got a game plan yet for what we do when we've got the ball and you know whether that is a change of formation or whether it is a change of personnel kind of remains to be seen but I, I think we'll need to figure that out um, yeah. yeah it's not um, it's not a coincidence Andrew I think you're, you're dead on with the League Cup comparison and I think this was a because again those those performances in the League Cup I'm trying to remember off the, the top of my head now but which games it was but I brought it sucker punched us, but we yeah. could have you know I mean, we could have been five or six nil up at that point and hadn't taken Aye. and hadn't taken chances. So I think when we're expected to be on the front foot, we're not particularly clinical, but for some reason on the break we, we see it through. Um, Hibs and, and Dundee United, you know, are potentially her two best performances under Robinson. I, mm. I don't think it's too much of a stretch Aye. to to say that. And we had thirty percent possession at home to Hibs and thirty one percent possession at. At Tanadice, Ross County, which was a decent performance, although we're, we're slightly, slightly fortunate, I think, to win it with a, you know, a kind of world class goal from outside the box. 
41% possession. This game at McDermott Park, 55% possession, nine corners to St Johnston's one, slightly more shots on, on target. We're expected to go on the front foot, and I, I just think it's that age-old St Man problem of if you give us too much time to think. You know, we played an entire game like Keanu Bacchus through in an 89th minute one-on-one. When he's absolutely gassed, there's just there isn't the composure there almost mm-hmm. to to handle that, and it it is a concern. I know I know um, we, we tend to defend Robinson when we've got the opportunity, but you know for all we we say, you know we're just not as good when we've got possession. We're going to have to be. There's we can't hand over twelve points to St Johnston and potentially a couple others this season. We can't get pumped out of the League Cup every every summer. Right. We're, we're going to we're going to have to find a way to. To capitalise on being on top in games, but we need to be capable of playing both. I think as well we have a kind of surprisingly bad record of coming from behind. Uh, I don't think we've won no. a point from behind under Robinson yet, and it just seems like, I mean, conversely to that, like if we go up, I have all confidence in us uh, kind of defending that lead. But it just seems like whoever scores first in our games, that's kind of that's yeah. it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't suppose. In my lifetime, I try to think we're never been great at like chasing a game, but yeah, we need to find a way of getting ourselves back into a game and kind of being a bit more flexible, I guess. It was a, a problem. I would um I would say it's the last time I can remember watching us go behind in games and at no point losing confidence that we were mm-hmm. going to get something back, and that that you know that's championship Jack Ross. Um, Aye. It was a it was a problem under under Robin for Motherwell under Robinson, I think these last six months. I remember reading a stat at the time that they never came from behind at mm. all. And these last six months there before he before he obviously resigned. But I, I don't know. I'd, it's not. A, I'd imagine at some point this season we will come from behind and get a point or get three points. But we do need a game plan to start if we are going to be dominating the ball because teams will happily gift us possession if we don't really have a clue of what we're doing and hit yeah. play, play us at our own game, essentially. And um, we, can't, we, can't really, we can't really have that because then we're just, we're just an easy target and we're, we're very easy beat, as it's kind of shown in the yeah. their growth and energy games if we don't take our chances. I think if you want to be generous, the difference with us this year could be that we do have nine first-team players on the bench. There's the ability to, to make subs from from what we've heard coming out of the club and and players reports as well players are getting fitter the trainings you know the trainings more structured we're, we're working on you know kind of routines and, and systems and things that players can actually use in game to, to make a difference you know strain strain taking that touch and then cutting it back to Bacchus against against Hibs I don't think that's entirely random I think that's guys knowing where other players are in relation to them and knowing where the space is and and manipulating that with a bigger squad as time goes on we should be better equipped to to handle that and teams who are maybe in a similar boat to that we've been in in previous seasons you know Ross County or Kelly um, who maybe don't have the or, or Dundee United already even who maybe don't have the biggest squads they've, they've piled all their money into you know five or six starters and and maybe don't have that depth of first team um, talent and don't have a manager like Robinson who's building a, a system, we've got that more inconsistency. Maybe as it gets closer to, to the World Cup break, that catches up with them a bit. Or maybe as fixtures pile up after the World Cup this year with a slightly 
strange scheduling for, for this season. It might work in our favour that we've got two guys in each position and we can we can bring players in, take players out, and it doesn't affect the way we, we play too much. But I think that is being generous. That's you know, that's looking for the positives from from something like this. You can just as easily go the other route and say we can't go to Perth and have fifty five percent of the ball and, and much more of the attacking intent and doing nothing with it and then concede three really really cheap goals. Um we should probably talk about the goals themselves. <coughs> Given how how strong they've been in recent weeks, at at dealing with what comes comes into the box, really disappointing to see Gallagher and Dunn team up to uh, to uh, take each other out of, of that one. It's a it's really, almost really like poor goal to lose. Dunn just decides even... to abandon his marker and mark Gallagher uh, instead. Like <laughs> I don't need it's, it's hard to even pinpoint any blame on Gallagher because Gallagher kind of turns around as soon as the goal goes in and gestures to Dunn as if to see what the fuck are you doing uh, because. Yeah. I don't know why Dunn has decided to launch himself six feet to try and get the ball. When, if he stays on Clark, that's it. Either Gallagher wins the header initially or, or Dunn beats Nicky Clark in there because Nicky Clark's the height of shite. Dunn's six foot two. Yeah. He's, he's going to beat him in there. He just, he has so, Nicky Clark just has so much time to suck the ball in the back of there after he gets it. It's, it's just criminal. It's like... I don't know. I mean, in a weird way, it's like when you see that many St. Mon players have a bad moment, it's almost like, well, you can't, there's no point getting upset about that. Everyone's had a shite day in the office. That just happens. So it's almost like, yeah, ah, we're all, we're all just had a bad day. It's fine. But ah, it's, it's criminal defending. It's just a lapse of concentration. I think we've worked Completely so hard to restrict. Yeah. I think we've worked so hard to restrict Hibs to crosses from, from quite deep. You know, if, if if they were standing up to to Tate or if Dunn was out supporting him or if it's Erhon that's dropped that's dropped out, we're standing right up against guys and they're having to turn around and lay it back to the fullback and try and shell across from forty yards out, whereas Tate almost shows is it right that's out wide and puts the first yeah, yeah. first cross in. It almost shows him to the touchline. And you're then you know, he then overhits across to the back post, so it's not as if it made a particularly dangerous cross, but it just then dealing with those kind of deep crosses straight into our six yard box is, is bread and butter at this point I think we're going to be really strong dealing with that this year but allowing that cross to come from closer to the byline it just takes all of them out and you're then relying on Fraser or is, is it even is it Ahara maybe that's that's right at the back with May but it's just you know under the ball May gets to it May's, May's just a big battering arm of a guy like that's it's kind of what he's there to do so if you're going to let him do that you might get punished and to give Nicky Clark the time for the ball to roll down his chest and um, and land at his feet. But he's, he's just a bit of a Danny Mullen striker for me. It's not like he's a bad footballer, but the idea of him leading the line, I think if, if Nicky Clark was our first choice striker, I'd be worried. But, yeah. he's, but he's punished us and Johnston seemed to have a knack of having guys like that, like Chris Kane or Teddy Bear and all the rest of them. <laughs> Chris Kane, who scores four goals a year, all against St Mirren. Yeah, exactly. We make we make these guys look uh, look good, but um, yeah, not not an ideal one. I think yeah, maybe it's harsh to to lump Gallagher in as well. It's, it's I think it's mostly Dunn's lack of lack of a positional brain. awareness. Yeah, a brain. Another way of putting it. Um, I think since you guys called him Chili D on commentary, his his head's been turned by the stuff that went down. 
that went down really well with one of the guys on was it the Facebook page? Or was it no it was Twitter no, no, who said stop with the, uh, yeah. the Chili Dean on. I think Dave mentioned that. Uh, that guy well, that, I think we said it wasn't shocker. a shite take because it was absolutely dead on that the two of you were clowns and should be a bit more. Oh, well, but... aye, two of his ass clowns, clowns that will be that have been asked back. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, second goal, I, I cards on the table. I watched the game on his goal, and his goal didn't come on until after the, <laughs> the first goal, so so I missed it. Um, second goal, I. I, I did kind of lose the heat about it at the time. It's it's just Murn at their worst, which we haven't seen as often, at least defensively with Robinson since we switched to the back five. Just really poor to have Stevie May sitting 30-odd yards out from goal and to take a couple of guys out and then thread one through to that region mm-hmm. that they've loaned from Celtic, um, who just cuts a ball back and between is it six of our players or seven of our players. And... Um, is it Jay Wright that scores that? Yeah, right? it does does well to find, right? To be fair, it's a, a very crowded know. box, I'm, but it was I'm just calling that good fortune. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Henderson, Henderson done really well to let uh, let Montgomery Aye. run up the line as well. But again, that's the price you pay for having a guy on that's not a defender. I've seen a few yeah. people having a, a proper go, but he's a it was Henderson, a nineteen year old right winger. He's not a right wing back. He was yeah. brought on for us to chase the game. Uh, offensively, he's fine. He'll stick crosses in yeah. the box. He'll he'll take digs at goal, but he's not there to defend. And Montgomery think, took full advantage of. I think you either want Henderson in the centre circle while you're counter attacking, or you want him with chalk on his boots, Aye. thirty yards thirty yards out from goal, try to pick a, a pass out. I don't think he'll ever be a guy that you want tracking back to cover, kind of big ugly strikers and. And wingers and attacking mid, so I just don't no, think that's his, his game at all. But um, again, it's just another goal similar to the first that you can you can give credit to St Johnston for finding the space and making the pass and doing what they need to do. But I think the goal happens because we don't do what we should. I, I think it just like, every, every sorry Sam. I, no, fair play, fair play to them for like sticking their wing backs like high up. Like, both their wing backs up eighty, like seven eighty yards up the pitch, like. Yeah. It's exactly what we've been doing to teams when we've been on the ball. So, again, it just goes back to St. Johnston kind of beating us at our own game. I think yeah. all the all the good that St. Johnston had on Saturday came from just us not winning second balls in the middle of the park, I think. You know, it was a kind of poor performance by Ethan. Uh, Keanu Bacchus was kind of in and out of the game. And, I mean, Graham Carey and Melker Halberg, like, that's not that impressive a midfield too. We should have had enough to to get by them but it just seemed like they were winning every second ball which then they were able to start counting us and you know when we were when we were as quick to press the defensive self-destruct button as we were on Saturday like we're going to get punished for that Yeah I think as well if, if we're going to try and or, or if we're going to be forced into playing that more front-footed game we are just going to be picked apart by that stuff our strength and defence comes from organisation and you know, you know dictating how the game goes we're going to sit back here. You're going to have to do something with it. And when you when you do that, we're going to try and exploit weaknesses that opens. Whereas, I just think we lose the lose the head a bit, lose a bit of concentration, lose a bit of awareness, and um, particularly positional awareness. And I think that that kind of takes us on to the the third goal as well. I think there's two things at play there. We're chasing the game big time, which is obviously going to leave gaps. That's never going to change. But also. I think it is symptomatic of this kind of performance and this kind of setup where 
that doesn't happen if we are the team that's you know like thirty percent of the possession and, and and kind of holding our line and doing whatever. But because St Johnston are forcing us to do that, we have to like we have to pump guys up the park and and to leave all these gaps. Still, shouldn't be letting uh, you know a punt from the keeper. As exceptional uh, as it was, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, it really is an exceptional kick out. Shouldn't be letting one kick take out our entire team and be beyond our last man. An absolute huddy like Conor McLaren as well, who is there to run. His sole purpose in football is to run in straight lines. Yeah. He's absolutely shy. I think Kevin had a slight Marcus Fraser renaissance. You know, where he's at the weekend, just looking a wee bit weak at the back again. You know, we're we're done by you know a back post header back across for the first goal. We're done on the right hand side for the second goal. But there been massive gaps in our defence, and and he gives away the penalty for the for the third. You know, it's that's a pattern. Think you think that they'll put Gorgic in the back three probably. Whether it be on the right hand side to kind of do the freeze up, busting forward with the ball roll, or they'll just stick deck out in the right, but deck can do the same as what Fraser can do, probably better. But so, I mean, I know we're going to come on to Sunday's game, but like looking at Saturday's Marcus Fraser, like Barry McKay running at that, it's terrifying. So, whether whether that is Gorgic coming in just to put a bit of steel there, but die, I think. Yeah, I think you were right at the start, Andrew. I'm less concerned about us going to Tencastle than I am about us going no. to Diamond Park as as things stand. I think um I think we're set up in, in that way. And um, you know, current events considered, we might not have a game on, on Sunday, depending on what happens, but for the purposes of this we can we can just keep talking as if we as if we are. Um how are you feeling about it? One of the one of the great away days. One of the great away days that I can't even make. I am annoyed. It's not Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Sunday it's football is just terrible. It's almost a, a reason to not qualify for Europe. I don't want Sunday football. <laughs> Aye. No, I, I specifically I think... specifically started playing Sunday football so I could make more games. Lo and behold, there's two in the rounds. I think it's it's not a reason for not qualifying for European football, but it is a reason for bombing out the qualifiers as quickly <laughs> as, as you can. Get your Get your trip. You know, get your holiday and then get your just money. Bury it. Yeah. Aye, get your 500 grand for getting battered off a, a Latvian fucking sixth place team or something in a qualifier. Take Managed by time courts. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know we don't we don't have a great record at Tynecastle, but looking at Hearts there, they obviously um, demands of Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Plus their injuries, I don't know. It's, I think they're there for the taking. I think the way we the way we've been playing suits how a team beats Hearts. Yeah. So I kind of I don't want to say I'm confident, but I think we're we're in a good place to to take something better than we have been for a couple of couple of games uh, there. But anyway, so yeah, I'm interested to see how how it goes. Did Snodgrass start tonight? Hearts from from all I've read, Hearts without boys are a you know, pretty toothless. Without boys, just, there's there's no joining the midfield and attack. They're just yeah. isolated. So yeah, I think Snodgrass is Snodgrass a really is sensible. He's a really sensible 
signing to, to come in and, and fill that gap. It just depends on whether he's he's ready to start or, mm. or not. Hopefully if if not. he doesn't if he doesn't, then it is the kind of circumstances which lend themselves to just letting them have a bit of possession and, and trying to pick them off when they're they're not going to be as dangerous as they as they uh, otherwise might be. I don't know if you uh, saw yeah. the, the Hearts Levy, any of the Hearts Levy game on Sunday, but they played Hearts very well, I think. Um they went a goal up fairly early on, maybe 20, 25 minutes in, and uh, just pushed their strikers up to sit on Hearts' defence and they couldn't play out. And it was a really, really good performance by them. So I think there are ways to get at Hearts Aye. for sure. And uh, if Livy are doing that, we've we've got a similar player to Nubly and the younger who's a big, powerful, tall guy who's relatively good with the ball at his feet, who, again, like if you're, I don't, for it's worth, I probably wouldn't start main against that, so I'd like to see Grieve come in, probably. I, I thought Grieve looked pretty lively. Yeah. I thought Grieve looked pretty lively when he came on at the weekend. Kind of The less said about Brophy, again, the better. But I'd, I'd like to see Grieve and Ayunga go, because I think Grieve's got pace to cause any problems, and even a younger, if he's not particularly having a great game, he's the handful. He's he's like kind of in a way like what Hearts used to have with Uchi. Like Uchi would be absolutely shy for ninety minutes, but he's an obstacle. He's just he's hard to defend against. He's a a man mountain. So I, I'd like to see his go away. I, I don't I don't think we'll change the shape. Probably take Tate out, get Tanzer in. Mm-hmm. Gives a bit more pace out left because again, if Barry McKay starts switching wings and starts taking a go at Richard Tate, it could probably get a wee bit. A wee bit ugly, but I, I, I've got every confidence that's going there and taking at least a point. They're, they're there to be got at. They've, Hearts haven't kept a clean sheet so far this season either. <clears throat> um, so defensively, wow. there's there's um there's holes, and I think yeah, I think Tans are starting with a good shout. Just his delivery, uh, and kind of grieve just being a a bit of a kind of busy bastard. I think, I it's, it's I guess I think it'd be an interesting game. I think. There's three reasonable options there to go with. You know, if we do go with Main, I don't think that's a bad, no, a bad thing. I, I think um, on current form, weekend accepted. He's a he's a Jimmy Rassi's folk. He's a mm-hmm. he's a pest. Um, and, and and that there's always going to be situations where that works to your advantage. I think maybe Grieve is the more the more sensible play because he he does have the legs that that Main doesn't, and he'll stretch things. And I think his instinct is always to do just the dogged. Run. That's just what's what's in him. Um, there is a third option as well. You know, just looking at how we finished the game against Hibs, and the fact that he's he stayed on the, the last day, bringing Kilton to play him just off a younger and having him as a spoiler mm-hmm. as well. Um, sitting and just just in front of that Hearts defence and and maybe stopping them building as much as they they might. Kilty's not shy of of running for all. He's not, you know, he's not an all action grafter of a player. He's not. You know, it's, it's not as if he doesn't move. He'll he'll do yeah, a job. A he's, he's tactically disciplined when he has to be, and he's he's also a good finisher, good at arriving into the box. So having, I would rather Kilty was on the end of an Ayunga knockdown than than Main was. I'd back yeah, Kilty yeah. to have more than a, yeah. a shot from the edge of the box. I, I wonder if we'll I wonder if we'll retain that option and and use yeah. it in games like this. It's it's a good shout because Kilty done a done a really good job on Doyle Hayes when he came on for the last kind uh-huh. of 20, 25 minutes against Hibs and Hearts do like to uh, I think they'll probably sit with either Devlin or is it George Grant? Kind of the both of them like to sit deep and start to 
trying to spray past you. So, aye, you're, you're dead on, Kilty. It could be a really good option to have somebody in there harassing the two of them. You know, again, a good bit of foil for a young guy. As you said, he's a great finisher. Good knack at arriving late in the box. But there's there's definitely, definitely things you can exploit in that Hearts team. I think as well, they're kind of looking a bit shaky at centre-back. I don't think they've... Aye. Is it the... Is it Knowles or Rolls he's out injured for? Uh, was that a metatarso? I think so. That may be a wee while. Yeah, he's out for a wee bit. Uh, he was out tonight, so... Yeah. Again, I, don't, I actually don't even know who played the centre-half for, for them tonight. Hopefully they play that giant baby Civic. But... <laughs> I mean, I know they played Andy Halliday at number 10 tonight, which was good fun. Oh, that's wow. <laughs> he will but... be playing for OG Broomhill. Aye. Within eighteen months, he coaches them. So coaches that are under twenties with his brother. Wow. Yeah. Aye, it's him and Lee Griffiths will be at Oldham Hill soon. Renfrew's finest. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I do think you know Hearts have they do have a good degree of flexibility. You know they could line up a back four or a back three depending on aye. what mood Nielsen's in. So I think we do have to be wary of that, but. Like you said, I think it's a good a good opportunity to go to a ground where people could have a lot of luck in and kind of make a bit of a statement and just, you know, Saturday would, will have hurt a lot of the players, just a wee bit of a dent in the pride, so just to get that back a bit. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's a good opportunity. We're going to get opportunities in this tough to win away game, much more so than we are against Celtic, so I think we we stick true to, to what it is we've been good at at the start of this season and mm-hmm. I just don't see any reason why it, it, it couldn't work. You know, we could go there and we just get taken apart by a couple of good goals and what can you do? You know, Hearts have got a big squad. They're in they're in European football. You know, they're not doing that well, but they're, they're there and they've got a budget and a squad that matches up to, to that fact. You know, they're... They're talking about a couple of gaps in their squad at the end of the market, and they're signing a guy who was playing for Scotland a few years ago, and yeah. was, you know, a couple of players uh, kind of single-handedly carried Luton to the Championship playoffs <laughs> last year. So yeah, and and behind that you've got Barry McKay. You know, voice is, is just out, but there's a lot of quality footballers in there. Sometimes the plucky, you know, the, the plucky underdog doesn't doesn't win. That's it's uh, what it is, and I don't think it's necessarily indicative. of of anything else, but at the same time, I'm more I'm more optimistic about watching us in games like that than I have been for for quite a long time. I think that Aye. that's where Robinson will pick us up points where we otherwise would have dropped them. Aye, I just just looked at the Hearts team there. So their back three tonight was Michael Smith, Stephen Kingsley, and Alex Cochran. So their back three. Which, yeah, and so then the Atkinson you know, right wing back. Then I, I'm sure, yeah. I thought he was I right. Uh, yeah, Atkinson right wing back and Barry Mackay played left wing back. Jesus, right. are Smith and Kingsley not both fullbacks? Yeah, I think Smith sort of came back into the middle, and obviously Kingsley yeah. played left of the three. But Kingsley spent half his time in oppositions half last year with the yeah, Hearts yeah. were playing. I think that's just ball, more out of necessity than anything. I think that injuries are just yeah. like... he's your left wing back in a normal in a normal world. Yeah, if that's the back three against us. On Sunday, then <laughs> no, there's not a lot of height. There isn't. There isn't a lot of height there. I think Kingsley's a small guy. Cochran's a small guy. Like Michael Smith's kind of tall either. So aye, again, younger, yeah. six foot four, crosses in the box, three 0 up the road. 
there is another <laughs> point there. You know, nine corners against St Johnston, a team with upper hand, and we now have a big, a big team that should be capable of making making more of that. And we probably need to make more of those kind of situations if we're not scoring in open play. So Aye, that's maybe something that's worth um, worth thinking about. I've I've noticed it the past the past few weeks, and I think the first time I kind of started to take notice of it was in the game, uh, the first game of the season against Motherwell that they're kind of trying this corner that goes really, really deep and hits Gallagher and Gallagher then tries to head it back across and they'll try it every so often and I mean in theory it should work, no one should really be beating Gallagher to the, to the ball in the air but we, for some reason we look a wee bit slow when he does win that initial kind of knockdown, we look a wee bit reluctant to gamble I don't know if it's maybe just because we're not used to it but uh, it's Set pieces are, are definitely something that, as you said, with the size of team we've got now, you know, we've got O'Hara, who's six foot five, Gallagher, six foot five, done big guy. Like, aye, it's something that we need to start start making use of because teams have punished us for punished us with set pieces for years under Goodwin and Kearney. Yeah, totally. Predictions for, for the weekend? I think um, I, I did a quick two minute thing for a Hearts podcast earlier in the weekend. I think I went for a 2 2. Uh, 2-0 to St Mirren Love it I'm going to go a 1-0 St Mirren Also In a similar, similar vibes to what we saw against Hibs and County I think we'll, we'll Comfortable 1-0 If um, if we do shithouse a 1-0 out of them I would encourage everyone to go and listen to that podcast That I did Which I now already can't remember the name of Um. But I'll, but I'll I'll share it again because one of the one of the hearts uh, panelists said that he wanted to see a reaction and he was expecting hearts to beat us eight now. So, if, uh, if we do take anything, I expect that to be absolutely hounded. A, this reaction, is a reaction to their four 0 hammering off a bunch of his <laughs> job, or that I I was going to say this is a rea- reaction to getting padded off a Istanbul yeah. by the fucking under twenties team, I think, because other first team players were injured. Last time we played a a high budget team managed by a by a cardigan fantasist <laughs> on the rebound after a European pummeling, you know that went quite well for us, so. Maybe uh, that will maybe that will happen again. We can live in hope. Um, the only other thing, I, or, or two things, I think to to cover from a from a Saint Martin perspective before we got into the general public talking complete shite. Uh, a really good winner for the win for the the women's team at the weekend yep. against yeah. the against the BSC. BSC, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I went a couple of weeks ago. To, to watch the home game against FC Edinburgh and I think you know it was obvious that, that someone were up against a really well organised team who I think would have been in the other the other region and um, before the league got amalgamated and, and probably before long along with Grampian you would expect to see them go up the, the divisions a little bit um, so it was a bit of a thankless task and, and, and with a couple of injuries I think someone did really well to hold on in that game for as long as he did some good saves by the keeper, some some really, really tough, tough tackling and blocking at the back, but legs get tired and eventually it got to, to four nil, I think. It was a it was a tough loss. So to bounce back from that and to, to go and pick up three points away is a, a real positive. And a celebrity sort of someone fan, Kenny McIntyre's daughter, getting player of the match and I think a couple of the goals. 
as well. Uh, if only he knew who he was standing next to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was standing next to to Kenny McIntyre at the at the Edinburgh game and had to resist all urge to to phone Dave and get him to give a quick fuck Kenny McIntyre <laughs> down the, the phone. It might not have gone down well at the family fun event that was a someone women's game. Um, might have split the crowd a bit, but uh, hey ho. Uh, yeah, only other thing to mention: transfer window closed. You know, there was a little bit of a. Uh, a little bit of terror from us towards the towards the end of, of the window. Last last episode we were positively shitting ourselves about the loss of Joe Shaughnessy. But we, we made it through. We kept our captain, we kept Greg Kilty, we kept all of our first team strikers, but Kieran offered out on out on loan. How how do you feel about a relatively quiet deadline day in Paisley? I think um we sh- the, two, the two main rumours were Shaughnessy and Kilty. Away, and I think it got to the point where I would all sort of made our piece with it, but we're kind of trying to be logical about it. But bottom line is, we're a far better squad with both of them in it. Uh, yeah. And I'm, um, yeah, very happy to see them stay. Like you said, with Kilty, Kilty gives us an option that nobody else in the squad really does in that way. And Shaughnessy, you know, I don't think we need to go into this podcast view on Joe Shaughnessy. So uh, I no, just, yeah, very happy to see them both stay and work. Just gives us depth that we don't we don't really we've never really seen in recent years. Like could a couple of starters in each each position almost. So yeah, and with it offered going away on loan, I think that's a great move for him. I think he's clearly a very like a bit of a special talent, all things considered. So yeah, him going down the championship, I think he'll uh, yeah, League he'll, One. Oh sorry, League One. Jesus Jesus Christ, man. It's like you don't care about the sin, Shandra. It's I mean, like I, he doesn't, he doesn't do, care about submitting under twenties going out loan. I do hours of research for each podcast where I look at the results and statistics for the other forty-one teams <laughs> in the league structure that we never talk about at any point, just in case the question comes up about a submarine loan player going out somewhere. So good start yeah. for good start for Kieran at the weekend yeah. as well. He took his goal really well. You seen it on the highlights. Skint the keeper. Uh, twice, did he not? I, I, I think he did actually. Uh, I'll just take one and double check. I really, yeah, I really I'll now, now who doesn't know stuff about the cinch? <laughs> yeah, I really, I, a real banner moment. Furiously scrolling yeah. on his phone right now. Uh, I'm furiously typing, but I, I, I was the same boat as used to. I was uh, delighted to keep older. keep older Seanest and Kilty. As I said, I think when you were kind of going through the the logical reasons for letting Kilty go, he's obviously a bit behind in starting. He's definitely going to get his chance over the next few weeks, you would think, with the amount of games that we've got coming up. I think we've got a midweek game against Johnston, so uh, and I think that's three weeks, three, four weeks. I could actually be talking shit, it might be the end of October, but regardless, I think the schedule's always about to get a wee bit more packed than the lead up to the, yeah. the World Cup, so you'd imagine we'll see the, the squad start to get rotated that wee bit more. I think Robinson's touched on it that he likes to rotate the team a wee bit, keep everyone a wee bit fresh. So there's, there's going to be opportunities for Seanus and Kilty state their claim and get back in the team and it doesn't weaken us in any, any way having the two guys in the squad at all. I think, um, I can't remember the exact date that it was narrowed down to, but it's kind of unfamiliar territory for us to be sitting at this point in the season and not have any lone players mm-hmm. in the Aye. squad. Um, suggests a, a little bit of 
a little bit more forward planning. If if you want to look at the positive side of it, with the negative being there isn't that wild card like Ronan was, right at the, the end of the window to come in and do something a bit unexpected. But again, and I think this is a point I've I've kind of laboured before. You would hope we don't need that wild card as much this year. We've we've got a system that seems to work when you know when conditions favour us, and we maybe don't need that guy to do that kind of thing out of nowhere quite as much as we did in in previous seasons. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for it to be a fairly quiet deadline day. If we weren't going to sign anyone, then you know I'm happy that no one's no one's gone out. Um, we certainly won't have budgeted for both Celtic and Rangers to have been in group stage Champions League football. So maybe some of the budget, um, you know, excess that had been that had been identified by Robinson when we brought Gogic in, maybe some of that's offset by the fact there's a little bit of extra cash coming into the coming into the club as well. Yeah, show us the money, Glasgow Giants. Yeah. It's just so good to have the two of them fighting for the best interests of Scottish football at every turn. As uh, and obviously as well with the the Celtic B score against Real Madrid, you can obviously really see the benefit of having the the B teams in the Lowland League. I think it was just the sixth that Real Madrid won by. Yeah, I beat Airdrie and an absolute monsoon. But that was it's obviously good to see when they they're signing players for the Irish League for five hundred grand and putting them in the B team in the world to get really developing Scottish youngsters. Good to see. I really like the Help a Glory Hunter initiative as well that the club's rolling out alongside <laughs> the Help a Buddy where you can donate your season ticket seat to a Celtic or Rangers fan who's been locked out of of the football by our cruel, classist three home stands policy. So I I, I think uh, that'll that'll breed its head next week that sort of stuff again for the Celtic fans because I mean if the game goes ahead which I, I don't think it will eh, I think it's usually I think is it two weeks the kind of period of, I think it's ten days of, morning they said mm, which yeah, is two weekends so, if, you, you yeah. know, if we're talking about a Monday then you know might have just lost the one weekend but here we are yeah but I think uh, that will definitely when the crowd the camera pans to the crowd and there's a couple of empty seats guarantee you that Brian McGinley, A.A. Hail Hail, will be posting pictures about how it's a disgrace that there's paying customers that would happily take the seats. Fuck off, mate. Have a stadium, have a rules. You will take their one stand and be fucking grateful and pay have us of money on kebab pies as well while we're at it. <laughs> Speaking of, um, of people talking complete shit, uh, uh, that, even if they're hypothetical in that instance, it does... Uh, it does bring us on to to Dave Cormack's shite takes of the week. Now, unfortunately, with Jamie not being here, Dave's also not here. <clears throat> I don't know if I've just thrown a cat amongst the pigeons there in terms of oh. having ever seen them in the same room. But <laughs> wow, uh, so, you know, I'm not here to to speculate. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have some data here, which was which was forwarded over to me either by Jamie or Dave. Um, I'll leave that to the to the Simon public to, to work out. Hey, first up for a shite take this week is a friend of the show, an all-round superfan, Ian Brown, North End Saint, who responded to someone official account mentioning that uh, that our game on Saturday the 17th of September was being moved to the 18th of September at 12 noon by saying 7am in the morning in Florida, cheers sky. As a fan... 
the worst part is that's not even the worst thing Ian Brown's put on Twitter <laughs> this week. <laughs> oh, wait, I, 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 hang on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, frankly, I'm stunned that Sky and Simon haven't considered Simon fans who are in a time zone five yeah. hours out um, when they're talking about uh, switching games around. I just feel sorry for our fans in Queensland, Australia, who you know are now going to be forced to watch the game in the wee hours. Um, no, but hey ho. Uh, David Uncle Dubai getting a, a shout out here purely because he, he disagreed with something I said and and this is my platform to have a go at you so I'm going to bring it up but uh, I, I was so stupid as to suggest you know if, if that Kelty was leaving it was maybe a price worth paying to have Gogic in the squad because of his versatility and what he does and you know him being a bit more physical and helping as if Ahara falls out the team again for concussion or any number of reasons like he had um but unfortunately, David says that Kelty is the O'Hara cover and to compare him to Gogic is mental. I've no idea why I've compared to six, six foot three, six foot four physical specimens who fight their way across the pitch and are capable of putting a tackle in against, against a guy who's called a winger, who's played in central midfield, but is only happy as a number 10. I don't know why I made that comparison. I'm, I'm obviously the stupid one. So cheers, David. Um... Special shout out to Eden and Steve out of the the Misery Hunters Patreon Discord for uh, getting taken in hook, line and sinker by a very obvious fake Thomas Robert tweet, <laughs> courtesy of our own Craig, by uh, going absolutely all in on how exciting it was and then throwing in a wee courtesy. I don't know, that looks a wee bit fake. Didn't stop you talking about it though, did it boys? Get it up. Also, uh, DJ Chapsticks, you can get rolled into that as well for mentioning a late move for Thomas Robert on Pie and Bovril as if he had some sort of source when it was Craig sitting on his laptop board <laughs> playing about with HTML. Uh, we'll move uh, from Paisley to Motherwell for Craig Foreman, who is maybe my favourite idiot yeah. of the week. For, Fantastic. Um, tagging in Alan Burrows, the Well Society, and the official Motherwell account to have a go because Motherwell didn't stop him from staying up and pulling a late nighter to watch transfer deadline day and then being <laughs> tired at his work. And when, when Alan Burrows responded and said, you know, look, can't really come out and talk about transfer targets. That's not really the done thing. Fan on but him then biting back as if as if Alan Burrows is the idiot in that situation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. He since deleted the tweet. Or Has Twitter, either one, but yeah. yeah Hopefully, it's his Twitter because yeah. nah, it's like chronic. But we had the same sort of thing last year when it was on the deadline day when we were we had agreed to let McGrath go to Hibs for I think it was like can't remember the fee for Scott Allen and Dre Wright and people are like tweeting the club like demanding to know the ins and outs. Yeah. See, just because you've got fucking one share worth nineteen pence for your Smicer membership. Doesn't mean you need to know the ins and outs. Just fucking chill out. Let the like a, professionals deal with it. Fort wanting a detailed breakdown of all their transfer targets. Like that's not how football works as a sport or as a business. Mm. And, and we've seen how it works on Sunday exactly. until I die when they had Slatan Abrahamovic <laughs> on the list in the championship. So yeah, so, I don't know what people want. Pat or worthy of being a Simon fan from Craig there. So um, good on you. Uh, Derek Stevenson making it in for the second week in a row for saying bring back misery hunters on commentary. That's, That's a good 
We could bring back some of them, but aye. That Kelly was a bit much. That's a fucking great take. Those clowns. Ian Brown getting his second shout of the week. Ian Brown scoring a brace. For tweeting about how proud he was of his brother. For climbing to base camp at Everest, imagine to get a chatterbait like <laughs> you big dirty bastard. <laughs> oh, the best part is I think he's still there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like it's obvious what he's done. He's just not put a, a space in between the full stop and the start of the next sentence. And those and nasty, those yeah, and those nasty hackers over at Chatterbait have uh, have. Um, I can't stop laughing at that, but I Easily done, but it doesn't make it any less funny. <laughs> I was absolutely uh, finished when I seen that. <laughs> um, Logan Murdoch on the Facebook group getting a shout out for the comment, especially now the will be Gart broken over Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> on yourself, Logan. Um, uh, Hugh McFarlane, oh. Richard Cochran, and Norrie Matthew all getting a shout out for saying that Celtic are going to rip us apart for double figures if we play like we have been. We lost what, one in three games in the bounce and then losing the one game to Johnston. Yeah, two games in, in a row with 30% possession where we kept a clean sheet and beat teams on the counter. But if we play right. like that, then Celtic will put two past us. Um, and when Questioned on that, Richard Cochran then came back with, it's the 12 defeats in 18 before that I see as a problem. Listen, that will not be the first time that Richard Cochran appears on this because if you <laughs> delve through some of his posts, he rivals Campbell Watson. And, Tony Black. Uh, and Tony Can't mention Black. the Facebook group without mentioning Tony Black, who uh, has been quiet recently. He has been, but he now comments on the official page. Ah, so right, you'll, so... you'll, get, you'll get some gems on there. Yeah, I've not... Um, I've, I've not received any data from that this week so that could be that could be why it's a, a Tony Black this week you still not responding it, to my friend request that's uh, a shite I had about 3 o'clock in the morning when I was pissed so I just going to message him and ask him why he was such a fucking moron <laughs> please, uh, please keep us up to date let us know how that goes <laughs> I, I don't think that friendship will blossom yeah. so um, yeah so I think that's that's pretty much us. We're going to have a, a chat on the Patreon and then we're all going to go and have a look at some links that Ian Brown sent us for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. Any, any more for any more? No. 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 Well, if you want to hear a chat about the glorious Odin Kiernan in Paisley, then you can <clears throat> join us on Patreon for I believe three pounds a month, and that gets you access to that and a whole host of other things. Oh, got a new range of merch as well that we should mention. Oh, that's good. Is, is Jamie in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> new range of merch, a new blog, all on the, the Misery Hunters site. I don't even remember the the link to the site. So let's it's... let's just not butcher this any more than we have. Jamie will yeah. be spinning. You know? <laughs> yeah, he'll be back at some point. I'm sure. Well, we'll see. I'll be back next week if we let him on. Yeah, but uh, once again, buy local, get yourself down to Paisley's only craft beer venue. Yep. Buy lots of lovely craft beer from that shop. The guy that works in there is really nice. Fuck Callum Davidson. Fuck the coefficient. Fuck Craig Gordon. And fuck Alex Ray. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>